Welcome to the Biz for Good Show, where we highlight misfits, outcasts, and renegades for the being good and doing good movement. We spotlight people that are changing the world by having integrity and honesty and creating an environment of connection, thus showing the true secret to success and creating a life of greater impact. So come on board and create your own Biz for Good life. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Biz for Good Show! I am your host, Bobby Glenn James, along with the Ryan Pilkington in the house today. Ryan Pilkington, tell us about the show, the rockin' amazing show today. What's going on? Gosh, I don't know how to live up to your (laughs) thing every time. I tell you, Bobby, I tell you the show, brother. (laughs) Sweet. You're going to tell us the show, right? Oh, we've got got a treat for you today, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to be... A rocking good time. We have we're going off the hip. We're just gonna be talking to this unbelievable. I know we talk about how amazing the people are on the show, but we have somebody, a a guest that is gonna rock your world. So tell us about it, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little present. It's a present. Oh, and we gotta we're gonna do a lessons in le- I have a feeling we need to do a lessons in leadership. So go ahead. Tease. She's such a tease, Bob. Teeth, Bob. <laughs> hey, I, uh, that's it's not that kind of show. Okay. Thanks for joining us for the Biz for Go, a good show, another episode, and we the Biz are, for Go, we're going biz. show. The Biz oh for Go and show. Let's try that again. Thank you for calling in to the Biz for Go show. <laughs> Pizza. Okay. Go. Go ahead. I won't interrupt you anymore, Man. except for in enough a uh, few minutes. That's okay. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by Crest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to mess up. I think Bobby. our guest had something to do with Cret. No, I'm just kidding. What are you doing, Ryan? I messed why up. Are you, I are messed you? up. I've got the jitters. You got the jitters. <laughs> got the jitters. Uh, Today's show, we are sitting down with Cameron Harold, and uh, we'll be talking about the SEO whisper. SEO. And what that all means. CEO. CEO. CEO what's Welcome. SEO? That's that's oh, something completely see, different. See, I messed it up. CEO right. whisper, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This has already fairness, went off the rails. In I my think fairness, Harold's going to really enjoy yeah, himself. <laughs> like, what is going? It's all brought He's back checking us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I hit something and it messed up. Oh, I see that. And I I'm, see that everything on the screen is messed up. That's we're going off the hip today. Yeah. This is all this is is super fun. I'll be outside if you need me. Okay. Tell us about Harold. Oh, I don't know if I can. He do is that the now. CEO whisper. This A man CEO has been in the whisper. ears of CEOs beyond CEOs. We were just talking to him uh, before. I think we're going to have some fun, fun conversations. Uh, I I have a feeling that Harold, you have some stories. Well, the, the first story is my name's Cameron. Oh, oh. Uh, my last my last name is Harold, so we'll call you James. I'm sure you get called James oh, a lot. I, yes, all the time. Right? Yeah, that James Bobby. Yeah, I when did, you got I two did, first names, that's why I, I go by Ryan Bobby. Called Pilkington by his first name. I get called Harold all the time, but my first name is Cameron. My last name's Wait, Harold. Did I mess that up too? Yeah, of course you met. Yeah, Ryan, I go off of you. I do whatever you say. <laughs> Man. Sorry, Cameron. Cameron, it, from now on, it'll be Cameron. We're we're best buds now, so and you can call good. me Bobby. Like You've all been 
apparently we're all high this morning or something. I don't yeah. know. Oh, no, we're like this all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it was 24-7. We, we had our CBD oil, so we we're much, yeah, much now better. Now that cannabis is legal, we just all parts <laughs> went up for this morning. Yeah, it, it only had half the THC of other stuff, so point, we're not as bad. Zero, zero, yeah, we're zero. good. <laughs> all right, Ryan, come on. Tell uh, us about the show. I'm going to bring Let's it through started. here. Here we go. Here we go. By 18, Cameron already had 14 different little businesses. And, Man after my own heart right there. And he knew that he loved money, loved entrepreneuring, and loved business. And by 20 years old, owned a franchise business, painting houses, and had 12 employees. Cameron spent his 20s and early 30s heading up three large businesses and coaching over 120 entrepreneurs. One of them was Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother, and was a reference to the first round of funding. Very good. Awesome. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening Audio. to the show. Make sure you go to bizforgoodshow.com, bizforgoodshow.com, and get your Biz for Good Show checklist so you can comprehend and connect and live the Biz for Good life. We're going to get crazy, Ryan. Let's get crazy. Awesome. So I want to do something fun today. I think we have the perfect person today to do a lessons in leadership. Let's do it. So this is how this works. A lessons in leadership. Sometimes when we have folks on the show and we just feel like it is, we have someone that understands what leadership is. We want you to give us a lesson, the listeners, a lesson in leadership. So, Cameron, what can you tell us? Give us a gold nugget, something that is a, since you're whispering in the CEOs, hopefully most of them understand that leadership is a big part of that. Uh, give us some gold nuggets. I guess one that just kind of came to mind is that we often as leaders are very driven, very um, kind of high D, high I's, high quick starts. You know, we're we're very dominant in a lot of the personality profiles, but we often surround ourselves with a lot of people that are thoughtful, analytical, more amiable, you know, more leader types that are, are maybe more thinking about matrices in the organization. And often even in the entrepreneurial size companies, because the entrepreneurial leader is so driven, we often steamroll over top of people without intending to, you know, we're either going so fast or we're so focused or we believe our ideas are perfect that we don't often incorporate or listen to the others. So back when I was um, the second in command for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you know, we'd grown the company from $2 million up to $106 million in six years. We'd gone from 14 employees when I got there at the head office to 3,100 system-wide six years later. And we were just very kind of go-driven, Brian and I, the CEO and I, and one of our leaders, who was the head of finance, was very quiet, very analytical, very amiable. Um, he was from Indonesia, a little bit quieter. And he kept saying to us, you know, be careful. Are you sure? Um, I feel like we're spending too quickly. You know, are we, are we growing too fast? And we were like, no, 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 we got this, we got this. And we kind of kept plowing forward and plowing forward. And what happened was we put the company into a bit of a precarious financial position because we grew too quickly. We didn't, we understood that each of the little things we were doing would work, but we didn't understand the cash flow conversion cycle of our opening up all these locations, opening up in other countries, opening up corporate locations, all of things that on their own would work out, but we didn't understand cash 
and cash flow and how long it would take to get to break even. And we put the company into a period of almost bankruptcy. And the big lesson I learned from that was that if you're going to invite people into your company, if you're going to invite them into your board meetings, if you're going to invite them into your, your weekly meetings, your, you know, your strategy meetings, whatever, listen to them. You know, if you're going to hire these people, listen to them. And God gave us two ears and one mouth, and we should use them in that ratio. But often <laughs> leaders just go way too quickly and kind of steamroll over people. And then we're really actually hurting the individuals as well, because, you know, at the end of the day, our job as leaders is to grow people. And if we're inviting these people into meetings and into our companies and we're not listening to them, we end up systemically destroying their culture and their fit within the organization and their feelings, which then they're not going to give us their best efforts. So that was a big lesson for me. I love that. I think that is so important. We talk about, you know, a personalities and CEOs, but when, 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 when you're, employees know that you care about them and care about their opinion care. I mean, you have a better environment all the way around and they'll want to follow you. If they yeah, know they you go through brick walls for you when they know that you care about them. I, yep. I came across a book about 15 years ago called the dream manager by a guy named Matthew Kelly. And Matthew is a very, very heart centered Christian. Oh, I love that. Strong, book. strong business leader. And he talked about when you obsess about your employees' personal goals, their fears, their insecurities, their passions, their dreams, their desires, when you really care about that and know that, they'll care about your company. But if all you care about is the company, they'll feel like they're coming second and they really won't ever give you their best efforts. So and true. it was a really powerful three-hour read that I've had all of my clients worldwide read as I'm coaching them. Absolutely. That is a great, great book. I, I think I've listen to it several times even not only read it but also listen to it geez right i'll tell you a funny story about that the woman that they talk about in there is her name is mary miller and um mary and i were uh, part of an organization called strategic coach and at strategic coach i was sitting there talking about the dream manager at one point and all of a sudden everybody started laughing and uh, mary put her hand up and said um, I guess you don't know me, but I'm actually the person that the book was written about. And we were actually sitting in the same oh, room wow. together. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny. Super, super cool. Well, cool. Uh, thank you. I think that was a, an, a powerful gold nugget. Uh, be real. Connect with your employees. I, I say all the time, if you want good customer service, instead of trying to teach your employees how to be nice to the client, be nice to the employees and they will magically bend over backwards to help the clients. So well, and if, if you want your employees to be nice to people, just hire nice people. <laughs> True. Right? Like, it's so simple, right? If you want, <laughs> it's if not you want rocket science. If you want your employees to be happy and friendly, hire happy, friendly people. If you want, <laughs> if you want your employees to be accountable, hire accountable people. Uh. If, Business is so simple and we overcomplicate it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that The hiring process is the most important piece. I, I say take as long as you need to. Do not hire quickly. You What is well, the term? You hire slowly and fire quickly or some crap hire like slowly, that? Hire slowly, fire quickly. Yeah. You know, College Pro Painters is where I really learned about recruiting and interviewing and hiring. And every what people don't know about College Pro is it became the world's largest residential house painting company. And every year there were 60 of us at the head office that would have to go out and recruit and train 800 franchisees. And then those 800 franchisees would recruit and train 8,000 painters. So we would have to recruit, hire, and train 8,800 people every year. 
So we became operationally world class at the people side of the business. Love it, love it. Well, cool. Let's let's ask. Uh, so we, we this is the Biz for Good show. So we'd like to ask you the question: What does Biz for Good mean to you, Cameron? What does what does well, that mean? You know, one of the things that it, it meant to me was I was was involved in the franchising world for for a few go rounds. You know, I built College Pro Painters. I built a one eight hundred Got Junk. I built the franchising group for Boyd Auto Body and Gerber Auto Collision. I've coached a number of franchise organizations, and that's really where I learned how to grow companies. And one of the things that's always bothered me about most franchisors is they're just not nice humans at the heart level where I don't think they care as much about the franchisees as they do about lining their own pockets. Mm. And the very, very successful franchisors are the ones that really want the franchisees to make a lot of money. You know, when I was at College Pro Painters, I was making $25,000, $30,000 every summer, and that was in the mid-80s. You know, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, our franchisees were making very, very, very good money. Um, like, we, we have a franchisee at College Pro or at 1-800-GOT-JUNK today that does $80 million in revenue and probably makes $20 million in EBITDA, and he's a franchisee. So when your franchisees can really do well, I think that's, that's what pr- kind of drives the success of the business, right? Your franchisees are happy. You don't need marketing. You don't need dollars because of people being happy. So I think what... What really business for good means to me is obsessing about my employee happiness first, not my customers. Because if I obsess about my employees being happy, they'll take care of my customers, right? And in my world, in the franchising world, that meant making sure that my franchisees were really happy. They would take care of our customers. And then that's how we grew because everybody was happy. So if you were talking to a, a, a CEO and and of a whatever company, what... Is that some kind of advice you would give him? Is that like the yeah. biggest advice you would give him? Or, 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 or is, is, yeah, is I mean, that I, you I, think the main focus? Well, I think, I think back to when, when I was coaching the second in command at Sprint and I was doing some ad hoc coaching of the CEO of Sprint, Marcelo Claret. And I remember talking to Marcelo a couple times because he was, he was doing the big turnaround of Sprint prior to selling the company to T-Mobile. And Marcelo had sold his first company for over a billion dollars. He was a very entrepreneurial CEO. That got brought in by SoftBank to turn Sprint around. And so I'm sitting kind of behind the scenes coaching them. And I kept talking to Marcelo about he was so driven and so focused and so hard driving that a lot of his messaging would get lost with his employees. And I was encouraging him to do short videos to his employee base, like thousands and thousands of employees, so they could see the human side of him as a CEO. And Marcelo is a big soccer fanatic. He actually owns the Bolivian soccer team and he owns the Miami Um, professional soccer team with David Beckham now. And I was saying, you know, you would never see a great coach who who wouldn't humanize himself with the with the players. The the players have to like the coach. And Marcelo was very likable, but I think he could have even been more powerful as a CEO had he done more with video with his team instead of a lot over email. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. This is uh, reminding me of some episodes that I've watched on Undercover Bus. Undercover Boss, you know? <laughs> like, uh, they go in there and they go, oh my gosh, just, they don't even care about this franchise. They're just running it muck. And, and anyways. And then there's that <laughs> yeah, heart at the end. They're like, I'm going to give you 10000 because you were a good person. Right? Yeah. No, you really have to care about the people. And I think that's where, you know, people say, oh, I know my, my employees' birthdays. I'm like, really? Their birthdays. That's just, <laughs> and, you know, their dog's name. Like, big deal. That's kind of like 
that's kind of like saying I'm a coffee shop and I play jazz. I mean, all coffee shops play jazz. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you really bringing to the table as a leader? And and if you really, really care about your people, and that means to care about, like, to know them, to know what's happening in their family, to know what's happening with their kids, to know that, you know, they're struggling with the relationship with their dad, or that they really want to learn how to play guitar. And when you really start to understand them you'll realize that everybody is struggling with that human condition, right? We're all struggling with something. Ryan's struggling with something. Bobby, yeah. you struggle with something. At the end of the day, all of us are human and we're all just walking each other home. You know, we're all going to die. None of this actually matters. Absolutely. I, I, love, I love that. Yeah. Oh, man, I it had Makes me cool, feel better for my mess up. I had a cool thought, but that was so deep <laughs> that it, it, it has left my brain. So, wow. Uh, darn, this was, this was gold. Oh, I had a question. Oh, well, this happens <laughs> after I hit 50, man. It, I, my, my early Aussies. My parents called it early Alzheimer's early. Uh, oh Ooh. boy. Yeah. That's what I got to look for. Great. Great. Uh, so you're going to ask, you're going to ask a question, Ryan. Have, Come on, ask a question. I, I'm going to throw an interesting question. I, I hope here. Interesting. Um, Okay, no pressure, man. It's an interesting question. Well, yeah, I've never asked it. <laughs> oh, very good. So, Cameron, can you tell us any stories that impacted your career and that made you who you are today? Yeah, I mean, one one huge one is I was groomed as an entrepreneur. You know, mm. my father was an entrepreneur. Both of my grandparents were entrepreneurs. So on my mom's side, my grandpa and grandmother owned a business together that they built up and they sold when they were in their mid-50s and retired and lived till their mid-90s on their retirement income from selling that company. My other grandfather was the CEO of a big pharmaceutical company. So we grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And my dad groomed, or I guess my mom and dad groomed the three of us kids to be entrepreneurs. Um, so they pushed us to become, and, and now for the last 15 to 25 years, all three of my siblings and I have run our own companies. It's all we ever really known. So awesome. very formative foundational mindsets were to rely on yourself, not an employer, to look for opportunities, to listen to your customers and sell them what they needed, um, to buy low, sell high, to, to just take a swing at something and if you failed, try something different. Like there was all these leadership lessons we were taught at very young ages and, and really encouraged. And one that I've been thinking about a lot recently, you mentioned that you guys are from Utah. The last time I was in Utah, I was driving through Eden, Utah, and I saw this kid out selling lemonade. And what I loved about it was there was no mom or no dad standing out at the curb. Mm. And what's driven me crazy for the last 30 years is watching these parents stand out at the edge of the road with their kids selling lemonade and the parents standing behind them waving all the people in and the parents end up talking to the customer the whole time and the reality is the kid's not learning anything mm -hmm. and i'm like if mom wants to run her own lemonade stand go run your own dart lemonade stand. Let, your, <laughs> let your kid try and fail let your kid come into the house and say it's not working and then coach them and let them go back out and try you know but I think to run their businesses for them doesn't teach them anything. So I was really groomed at a very young age. And the one big lesson I remember from my dad, he took me to the golf club when I was about 15. And we went in at about 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. And he was showing me all the, the guys coming in to play golf. He's like, that guy owns a car dealership and that woman owns a clothing store and that guy owns his own you know, tire company. And, and then we went and played golf and we came back at 4.30 and we were eating my fries and gravy and drinking my cherry Coke sitting up on the balcony. And we were watching all the people coming in to play golf at 5 o'clock. 
and he showed me and he said, you know, that person's a teacher and that's a lawyer and he's a doctor and that person's a dentist and that guy works at this clothing company. He said, do you know the difference between the people playing golf in the middle of the day and the people playing golf at the end of the day? And I said, yeah, the people playing golf in the middle of the day own their own company. My dad said, do you know what that means? And I said, they have more free time. And what my dad taught me at a very early age was owning my own company wasn't about the money. You know, Ryan in my bio mentioned that I love the money. It's not actually true. I love the freedom that entrepreneurship gives me and the money is a byproduct. I have lots of money and have made lots of money and I get paid lots of money for what I do because I'm not chasing the money. I really, really love helping entrepreneurs make their dreams happen. My core purpose is helping entrepreneurs make their dreams happen. Everything I do, my books, my podcast, the Second Command podcast, my speaking, my coaching, my CEO alliance, everything is about my core purpose. And the money just follows. Because what I learned at a young age, like you're the only work I'm doing today. We're doing this interview on a Friday. I could show you my calendar. The only call that I have today on my entire calendar today is you guys. Awesome. Awesome. I don't do work on Fridays. Like I, I don't work for, why would I work Fridays? It's my company, right? So I don't work after five o'clock at night. And I don't work weekends and I don't work Fridays. And it's, that's what entrepreneurship meant to me was, was the free time. For sure. For I sure. love it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nobody has ever created anything really great focusing on the money. Nobody. No. And we say over and over again, if, if that's your focus and that's why you've started your business, you're going to have a long road to hoe and you probably won't be too successful because once it gets hard, you'll quit. If, if exactly. money is your motivator and you get hard, you quit. But if you have a passion around it, if you love what you're doing and you believe in it, that's when you create something amazing. And, and that's exactly. that's the whole point of our show and, and, and what we want to scream from the rooftops. The more good stuff you can do in the world, the more success you'll have. It's that simple. Again, it's not rocket science. Sweet. Exactly. Bobby Bobby here. His dad was um, hustler. a hustler of sorts. <laughs> yes. Taught him some entrepreneur. Oh, lessons. yeah. My dad. Yeah. We, he was a hustler. Kind of like you. I, I learned uh, a long time. Yeah, my dad never worked a day in his life. He, he just hustled. He just ran around and, and did deals and stuff. And it was uh, it was a fun place to learn in. And, and like, like, like you said, his, his world was nothing like my friend's parents' world. It, it, was, it was completely different. And uh, I am grateful that, that I had that opportunity. And, and if you've got that entrepreneur spirit where you know that's what drives you is, is the, the business model and the thought around, what do I create here and do? Then get out there and do it, guys. Don't, don't follow that passion and that dream. Well, and you know why you know why that works is because the energy that you throw off is infectious, right? When you're following your passion, that energy catches other people and they get interested in that energy. It's why most entrepreneurs are bipolar. It's the mania is why people follow us. The stress and depression is simply our course correction. But the medical community has called bipolar disorder the CEO disease. Yeah. So when you're truly following your passion, that infectious energy is what gets people excited about it working for you, investing in you, buying from you, you know, collaborating with you. That's what they get excited about. Yep. The details come later. 
it's what and it's what makes it work. You know, we get so tied up in in dis- disabilities and this, that, and the other when we don't realize a lot of times those are also our superpowers. Oh, yeah, also- I've got seventeen of the eighteen signs of attention deficit disorder. My ex-wife said that if I was paying attention, it would have been eighteen for eighteen, and then I'm a, I'm eleven for eleven traits on bipolar. Yep. I'm a, I'm a medical disaster. And in the school system, I didn't fit in, right? The mm. teachers were telling me that I was a problem and doctors wanted to medicate me. But the reality, and I, I've never done medication for it for either because they're both my strengths. You know, my ADD allows me to see everything. I can see what's happening with the so economy, true. the market, my customers, suppliers. I notice the tiny little details. I, I, I notice the themes and the patterns, but I get bored of them very quickly. So I delegate them and pass them to somebody else, which allows me to grow the business faster. Uh, Last time I checked, that's not a disease. That's a power. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm not like my teachers, but I haven't found a whole lot of motivating, energizing teachers building great companies, right? (laughs) True. So I don't really want to be like my teacher and my doctor. Absolutely. I love it. uh, So uh, we'd like to ask this question. Is there a tip? Or a gold nugget that you can give our listeners, just something that uh, a, a piece of wisdom from your life, from your world. Uh, what could you give uh, the listeners out there that that could assist them in moving forward in their entrepreneurial dreams or or their business mindset? What could you tell us? I'll give you a, I'll give you the secret formula, or what I call the secret formula to success. If you if you grab a pen and write this down, or if you memorize it, it's easy to memorize, but. I would encourage every listener to write this down and then work this formula every week or every month and calculate your percentage chance of success. So the the formula is F times F times E. So the first F is focus. And it's how focused are you as an entrepreneur? Are you focused on your market, on a certain avatar? Are you focused on a certain demographic? Are you focused... Um, on your plan? Are you focused on your goals? Or are you scattered? Are you all over the place? And do you have systems in place to keep you focused, right? So that you are really focused and driven around your goals and your vivid vision and and your plan, et cetera. So give yourself a percentage rating of somewhere between one and 100% focused. Let's say you're 50% focused. The second F stands for faith. And it's how much faith do you have in yourself, in your team, in your market, in your product, in your in your customers, in your capabilities, and are you putting systems and processes in place to protect your faith? You know, are you getting coaching? Are you involved in a mastermind group? Are you reading books to work on your capabilities? Are you practicing gratitude? Are you learning about you know the science of quantum physics to to, to apply those kind of lessons into your your business? So give yourself a percentage score of somewhere between one and hundred percent on faith. Let's say you're fifty percent faith, and then the, the E is for effort. And it's how much effort are you putting in? Like, are you really working hard or are you hardly working? And working hard doesn't mean from 5 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. Working hard means that you're actually applying that effort kind of into the flywheel, that Jim Collins flywheel, that you found a couple of core areas to really drive forward on. um, And that that, that effort and focus really provides more momentum, right? Momentum creates momentum. So you give yourself a percentage rating on effort, somewhere between 1% and 100%. Let's say, again, you're 50% on effort. When you multiply it out as 0.5 or 50% times 50% times 50%, that gives you a 12.5% chance of success. Those are terrible odds. Even if you get yourself to 80% focus times 80% faith times 80% effort, that only gets you to a 51.2% chance of success. 
you kind of got a 50 50 you might as well go to vegas and throw it all on red and see what happens or maybe black <laughs> wow. and see what happens right because you've got terrible odds and most entrepreneurs are hovering around that 80 percent focus times 80 percent faith times 80 percent effort so let's say that you get yourself to 90 percent focus and 90 percent faith and 90 percent effort that only yields the 72.8% chance of success. You've still got a 25% or greater chance of going bankrupt. So where most businesses fail is they miss on this whole secret formula. So what I try to coach all of my clients on, all of our members of the CO Alliance know this as well, is to try to get into the zone of 98% focus times 98% faith times 98% effort, and that gives you a 94% chance of success. Those are reasonable odds. Those are the kinds of companies that I coach and that I work with. Mic drop right now. Yeah, I don't know where that came from because I don't. I don't really ever talk about that other than in, with my clients. But when you just said a tip, that was the one that came to mind. Well, that's awesome. And what, what I what I do with my clients and when our members of the CEO Alliance is I I kind of hit them. I go, okay, it's Friday. Let's grade our week. Let's let's just see for the week how focused were they, how much faith, how much effort. And then give yourself a rating and go, oh, shit, I better get myself focused again Monday morning. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Or we're, we're just finishing, you know, we've, we've already finished the first three quarters of the year. How would we rate ourselves from, you know, January through the end of September? And then what are we going to do in the last two and a half months of the year to get ourselves back on track? But don't wake up in the morning and say business is difficult. Business is actually quite easy if you apply that simple principle. I love it. It, 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 it always... It, the, the key, and, and, I, and tell me if I'm wrong, the key is everything is, it's truly fairly simple to do. The problem is you have to do work to do it. Well, and it, you don't have to work hard, though. Like, again, I'll give you an example of focus. And this is one that's driven me crazy for years. People will be like, oh, you have to read a book a week. Bullshit. I don't think you should read a book at all. Like, I think what you should do is say, what are my, what are my goals this quarter? What am I working on this quarter? And now what books should I read to learn about getting better at those things I'm working on? What podcast episodes should I listen to to get better on what I'm working on? But just to listen to stuff at random or read stuff at random causes more stress and adds stuff to your to-do list, which disfocuses you. So focus your learning around what you're working on, right? So if I'm trying to build um, a marketing funnel, I should be reading about marketing funnels. If I'm trying to build a community, I should be reading about communities. But why am I reading about some book about employee engagement that maybe isn't focused on what I'm trying to learn this quarter. But people don't apply any of these principles. They're simply too busy being busy. They don't slow down enough to think about, you know, their business in that strategic way. And then they complain that the business is hard or they don't have enough time or blah, 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 blah. I think we just got two gold nuggets there just then. <laughs> Shine I, them up. I love it. Shine them up. Uh, so so it, it, it still does come down to focus then. You do have to to have some kind of a, a focusal direction. I just made that it's word. Focus, faith, it's focus, faith, and effort, all three, though. Because if you're focused, but you're not you really putting in the effort. Work. Or if you're focused, but you don't believe in yourself or your team or your like. It's all three. Effort. You, effort you can't there. just put in the effort if you're going in the wrong direction. Like I've seen lots of people work really, really hard going in the wrong direction. Mm. You know, it's like the <laughs> two guys that are told to clear cut the forest, right? And they're, they both got teams of people clear cutting a forest. And the one guy says, wait a second. He climbs up to the tallest tree and he looks around and goes, oh, shit, we're in the wrong forest. Like there's no point on working so hard if you're doing the wrong things. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I love it. I think that's a great place to... 
in Cameron. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell us where can folks uh, find out more about you? What's going on with you? Do you do you have any links or anything that we can we can promote? Yeah, for sure. So all all five of my books are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. And my books are uh, Double Double, The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs that I co-authored with Hal Elrod, Free PR. Meetings Suck, which is a book that every employee at every company should read so they stop complaining about meetings, and Vivid Vision. Those are my five books. My second-in-command podcast, certainly worthwhile for everybody to check out, and then the COOalliance.com. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, Cameron, so much for being on the show. Uh, We appreciate uh, your willingness to come sit down with us and chat and and spread some words of wisdom. So thank you so much for for being and believing in the the biz for good uh, mantra and, and movement and ability to get out there and do some good in the world. You're welcome. James, Bobby, thanks for having me. Pilkington, Ryan, appreciate you too, buddy. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first. That's why I go by Bobby instead of Robert, because, man, I can't tell you how many times I've been James Robert. Oh, my gosh. It's the first thanks, time guys. I've been called Pilkington. All right, Ryan, you're going to take us out. Take yeah, us out really quick. Thanks a lot so much and uh, for being on the show. We appreciate it, and have fun out there in Vancouver. Ryan, thank. By the way, thank you for all the the work. I don't know if a lot of the listeners can see, but if you're if you're watching, you can tell. But Ryan's running the whole back end of this whole production. They're pretty thankless for all, but thank you for this. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> you know, doing the tripping over wires. That's very good. <laughs> Take us out, Ryan. We, we always the end the, we always end the show with a hashtag: Be good, do good. We say it louder on the third time, and so here we go. Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, do good. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Biz for Good Show podcast. We want to thank all our fans and guests on the show. Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For your hosts, Bobby Glenn James and Ryan Pilkington, this is Tim Jackson saying get out and do some good. Now go 